0: Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, I'm not sure if you heard, I'm sure you did, but Tucker Carlson was either fired or resigned from Fox News. Um, As many of you know, uh, Fox News was being sued uh, for defamation by Dominion voting systems. So after the election, uh, Fox News kind of, several people, including I think Maria Bartiromo, Dan Bongino, and some others kind of got wrapped up in the moment, Sydney um Sydney Powell and uh Rudy Giuliani were coming on TV and they were accusing um Dominion of having uh, a system that allowed voters to hack the the 2020 election and um this created a lot of information around uh maybe maybe misinformation uh we don't actually know uh but that's certainly what Dominion was um uh, That's certainly what their accusations were. Now, they initially didn't pursue Fox News for defamation, but what happened was they they had informed them that what they were saying was false about the Dominion voting systems, and the accusation from Dominion is that Fox didn't pull back, and uh, several Fox reporters, including say Tucker Carlson, Maria Bartiromo, Dan Bongino, and I think even Jeanine Pirro, were reporting this, this information. And so ultimately there was a a lawsuit launched. Uh, now Fox, you know, they waited until the very end, uh, the day before it went to trial or maybe even the day of trial and basically, you know, negotiated a plea bargain. And that's ultimately, um, where the case ended up, right? Uh, Fox paying Dominion seven hundred eighty-seven billion or million dollars, almost a billion dollars, three quarters of a billion dollars. And so, um, I don't know if this created a situation where heads had to roll at Fox, and, you know, or I don't know if some people got fired, or were going to get fired, and Tucker wasn't for that, and was trying to make a stand. I don't know the whole story behind it, but what we do know is Tucker Carlson is no longer at Fox news. Now Tucker Carlson might be the single most important reason Fox news is as profitable as it is. That's personally, that's my opinion. Uh, but it remains to be seen. I mean, it's still, they've still got a number of popular hosts. Um, and they'll, they're going to go on, right? They're going to be a going concern. So, um, we still don't know what Tucker Carlson, is going to do now that he has left Fox news. He hasn't announced anything as, as far as I know. Uh, and nothing has come out in the news just yet. Um, now what, what I wanted to do today is the night before he left Fox news, either fired or resigned. He gave a speech at a heritage foundation event. And I thought this was an interesting speech because it, 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 he tries to kind of frame what we're experiencing as a society, not as a discussion uh, about what is the best policy between Democrats and Republicans for the future of America. He, 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 he tends to frame it in more of a good versus evil kind of thing. And There's something going on in America that, that doesn't have anything to do with policy. It doesn't have anything to do with left-right. And this, of course, is what I've been saying for a long time: is that it's not about the left, it's not about the right, it's not about Republicans, and it's not about Democrats. There is a there is a, uh, uh, a pursuit of government for government's sake that is controlling, uh, manipulative, dangerous, really dangerous to liberty, and and other and other. Uh, values that extend from liberty like property um we saw we saw some of this during the 2020 riots right i mean because it was a black lives matter thing and because a george you know black man named george floyd was uh was murdered by police in a very you know uh, just unorthodox and and really grotesque way that it that Meant that it was okay for uh, a lot of people to go out into the street and destroy property, and, and of course nobody spoke out about this. This was this was very baffling at the time for people like me. I'm like, this is crazy. You can't you can't allow this, you know. But this is uh, this is kind of along the lines, you know, that this is there's something uh, manipulative or corrupt or evil about. Just abandoning these basic principles that that are uh, features of a civil society, and certainly a feature of Western civilization as we know it. So I think Tucker's speech is really interesting because he's he's trying to get at this, and he's trying to make a case that look, this is not about the Republican Party. This is not about the Democratic Party. This is not about policy debate. It's not even about debate per se, and uh, and you know we've talked on this program that if you want to fix problems if you want to if you want to fix a problem no matter what the problem is you first have to identify the problem and i think tucker does a really good job here or he's he's trying to scratch the surface of what is the problem in america right now as as we're experiencing it
1: it might be time to start to reassess the terms we use to to describe what we're watching. So when I started at Heritage, the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo-American assumption, that the debates we're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed-upon outcomes. Right. So like we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and people to be less oppressed or whatever, and so we're going to argue about tax rates, and I think higher tax gets, gets us there. I'm a Keynesian, and you disagree, you're an Austrian, or whatever. But the objective is the same. And so we write our papers, and they write their papers, and may the best papers win. I, I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me, because I don't have any. I grew up in the foul, shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I say with shame. but. I'm just saying this is an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? It has nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? Are we arguing for that? I don't think anyone could like defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational.
0: I feel like Tucker is so close here. He's so close to kind of going down the path that I'm on or that I feel like I'm on. Uh, he's already kind of saying, hey, it's not about your paper's better than my paper. You know, you go write your papers, I go write my papers, and maybe the best paper win. It's kind of the same argument, you know, Democrats make arguments, and Republicans make arguments, and then we have an election, and, and somebody wins, and and policy is carried out marginally in that direction, or in some other direction, based on the other party winning. He, he's still kind of living in that world, right? But, but he's, what I mean by living in that world is he's not, he's, not, um, he's not calling out the government directly. He's saying that, well, he does a little bit later on, but, but I think he's, the impression I get is he still believes that the government can solve this problem. And what I guess where I would disagree is I think the, the corruption is is so foundational in our government that there's no way to fix it from within. There is no way. Um, part of it is because of the money, the, the dishonest money system. Um, part of it is because we've shifted from republicanism uh, to, to democracy. And so what these marginalized groups have to say can, can sway elections you know at the margin and so uh, the the people in power that want to get elected they, they feel like they need to pander to these groups even though what they're asking for or what they believe in is is completely irrational and not grounded in any kind of reality but he still I can tell that he still feels like that the that the solution, is to get the government back on track somehow. Like somehow we're, the government is off track and we need to get it back on track. And that's something I just fundamentally disagree with. I, I don't think there is a way to get this system back on track. I mean, there's... there's uh, now, look, there's people that disagree with me. A lot of people, actually. Some people think we need some sort of revival. And he touches on... Uh, Christianity here a little bit. And, and maybe we do. Uh, I don't know. But uh, certainly it wouldn't hurt, <laughs> I don't think. Um, but I don't know that, that that fixes the government. I think that um, there are elements within the government that just, you know, wholly basically don't recognize that. Or they they think that's you know mysticism or voodooism or they just don't they just don't see oddly enough uh, you know christianity or god as as part of the solution and and the reason say the reason i say oddly enough is and he's going to talk about it here in a minute but what what's government has become a religion in and of itself there are people that worship the government, basically. They, they basically think the government can do anything. It can change the climate. It can change people's sex from male to female and from fe- female to male. It can uh, it can just do all these things that are uh, just factually, I mean, impossible to do. There are limits to what human beings can do um uh, in the scope of, you know, things like uh, biology and uh, the physical world that we live in.
1: If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that and victims of rape. I, you know, I get it, I, of course I understand that and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the treasury secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one, I checked. Even the Scandinavians. I'm ashamed to say it wasn't just the Mesoamericans, it was everybody. So, like, that's what that is. What's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms.
0: I like how he brings up abortion because that's considered kind of mainstream, right? But you literally have these people that are willing to die for the right to have abortions. I mean, that is the political hill they're willing to die on. And you got to, you got to kind of wonder what the hell that's all about, right? And to Tucker's point, this is not, this has ceased to become a political decision or a political, in the realm of politics. I mean, essentially in more than half of the states in the United States, and I think there's going to be even more, I think, uh, the states are going to, a lot of the states are going to allow abortion, uh, to the point where you're really not going to see that much difference between the, the Roe, um, policy and, you know, but, but, there are people that are like, this is their thing, right? I mean, single issue in a world of like liberty and tyranny where, you know, the worst, the worst infraction on your liberty is you can't have an abortion, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, this is nothing compared to not being able to speak or, uh, or having, uh, the state, uh, you know, trump up a bunch of charges on you and throw you in jail and, and things like this. I mean, this is, this is really, it's really gone beyond politics. And, and I think abortion is probably the least of it. I mean, uh, I want to play this clip real quick from Lara Logan, where she was being interviewed by some guy. And I don't know who the guy is, but, uh, this is on YouTube. Um, but Just follow this conversation and tell me you don't think this is creepy and bizarre. It could be much worse than even what Tucker's talking about.
2: Um, Because one of the things I asked him was, I said, I don't, I get it, but I don't get it. The children. You just, Mm you've got to, I still have, I have such a problem with this. You've got to explain this one to me. And he said, "Um, well, first of all, you're looking at it the wrong way. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, they don't define children the way you do. They don't define the world the way you do. The choices that you face are not their choices, right? They, have a, they look at it completely differently. And, uh, and I said, well, okay, so how do they look at it? And he said, for them, everything is defined by their one fundamental, all-consuming purpose. I said, which is what? He said, to defeat God. Right, because this is the moment. I mean, for them, it's about uh, the real God. The true gods are them and Satan. Yeah. There, mm. right? And so he said, children, right. are, children are the closest thing on earth to God, because mm. we are created in the image of God. And as you know, from the moment we're created, we haven't had time to uh, to you know to be corrupted and destroyed. So for them, the younger you are, the closer you are to God, the more pain they can inflict on God. So the more you can make a baby or a small child suffer, the greater your victory over God. And that is the only consideration for them.
0: (laughs) You know, that's just, that's something, right? You listen to that. Now, Laura Logan is a, you know, she's a, famous and really reputable investigative reporter. Now, you know, she's talking about something that is just, it's in this realm of what we're talking about, good versus evil. And she's talking about the evil side of it. Now, who's they and them? I don't know. I don't know. But um, I think the implication is these these are powerful people Within the government, that not only um, you know have the power to you know, write laws, enforce laws, um, basically rain tyranny down on you if they want, they're also kind of working in the shadows to be these really creepy, corrupt, you know, Satan worshiping kind of people. And of course, this is way opposite of what the country was founded on. I mean, the country was founded, I mean, God is, is basically um, is basically mentioned a lot in our founding documents because what, what they're saying in these founding documents is they're saying that, look, you, because you were made in the image of God. And look, you might not be a Christian, but just just bear with me for a second and, and try to follow some of this logic. You know, uh, because you're made in the image of God, and um, you know your rights and your your the very your very existence was given to you by God. Certainly, no man, no government has the right to take your life, to infringe on your liberty. Uh, this is kind of the thinking behind the founding of our country, and. Basically, since before the ink was even dry on the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, you had people that kind of believed in government, believed in, you know, uh, an all-powerful executive and these kinds of concepts. They've been basically trying to reverse the direction of America ever since. And, you know, a lot of these... I mean, we could spend hours and hours and hours chronicling the efforts to roll back um, what was created in America. And, and now it's, it's becoming obvious, even to people like Tucker, Tucker is a, a, you know, uh, an uh, an elite educated individual, right? Who doesn't normally see these things kind of Started his career at Heritage Foundation, but even people like Tucker are beginning to see that this is not uh, in the spirit of political gamesmanship or political uh, back and forth. You know what 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 can we negotiate um, so that we can both, you know, live in this world? You've got now you've got people. Uh, actively trying to destroy people's lives. I mean, look at what happened in COVID. I mean, that is that is a I mean, every day it seems like there's more and more news and it's on the fringe, don't get me wrong. It's on the fringe, but but there's more and more news out every day starting to show that this was this was a a project from the beginning and probably started way back in 2014 or 15. So, you know if you if you are the government and you have a project to attempt to kill citizens and sacrifice children and do all this kinds of that that, that is not even in the political sphere of things that that is, as Tucker says, that's in the good versus evil sphere of things. And this is why' it's one of the reasons why it's not the only reason why I think. And I've said many times that it's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's not about left and right. If you think you can vote uh, for somebody on the Republican side that's that's going to be president and they can change this, you you're just you're just not living in reality, in my opinion. Now, does that mean you shouldn't vote for Donald Trump or whoever the Republican candidate is? No, not necessarily. But you should. You should temper your expectations and you should um, begin to think about, you should begin to study, what is the state? You know, go read Murray Rothbard's um, uh, Anatomy of the State and start to understand what the state actually is. And realize that, that solutions uh, that are going to take us back in the direction of liberty are not going to come from within. So now I'm going to jump back to Tucker and let him finish up his speech because I think it's really good.
1: When people or crowds of people or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake. Hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement. It's evil. So if you want to assess, and I'll put it in non, and I'll stop with this, I'll put it in, non, I'll put it in non-political, uh, or non rather non-specific theological terms, and just say, if you want to know what's evil and what's good, what are the characteristics of those? And by the way, you know, I, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a, I would say, widely agreed upon understanding of good and evil. What are its products what do these two conditions produce well i mean good is characterized by order calmness tranquility peace whatever you want to call it lack of conflict cleanliness cleanliness is next to godliness it's true it is and evil is characterized by their opposites violence hate disorder division disorganization and filth so if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes what you're really advocating for is evil that's just true i'm not calling for a religious war far from it i'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching which is not what and i'm not certainly not backing the republican party i mean ugh. i'm not making a partisan point at all I'm, I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid-50s are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. One side's like, no, no, you know, I've got this idea and we've got this idea. and Let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Those ideas won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. It's completely obvious.
0: It's obvious, but it's not obvious to everyone. And it's certainly not obvious that we've left the political realm. You know, in in, in the Bible, it talks about, uh, you, you, you'll know me by my fruits. And there's a whole section on fruits, you know, uh, different fruits. And fruits are just... These are examples of, of your character, your integrity, or, you know, there's all kinds of different fruits, fruit of the spirit, fruit of the, you know, if you, again, if you're not Christian and you don't read the Bible, then you, you won't understand what I, exactly what I'm talking about, but you can, you can tell by uh, w- whether something is a net good or a net evil by the, the, the results it produces, Right and um western civilization has been producing really fantastic results for growing numbers of people in in the population not just our population but globally uh i mean poverty's down i mean abject systemic poverty's like below 5% or something something really low lower than it's ever been in history and and so the direction that Western civilization has gone up into this point, or some point, I say 2000 was the beginning of the decline. But different people have different perspectives. And, um, and you know, it's still not obvious to everybody. I know Tucker's talking about like it's obvious. But the part that especially I don't think is obvious to people is how this is no longer a political problem. This is not a problem that you're going to solve by going to the polls and voting. Um, this is a, you know, he, he talks about crowds in here. He says when a crowd begins to do this or a crowd begins to do this, this is one of the, this is one of the problems with democracy, right, is um, not everybody really cares to understand ideas in this way. But we live in a society now where everybody gets to vote. So it, it, it kind of begs the question, what, what are some of these people voting for? What are they voting? What is their standard for casting a vote for a particular person? And, you know, this is fundamentally the problem with democracy is it, it takes an educated, um, society in a society grounded in, certain principles. Now, I, my to me all you need to know is it, it, does something take you in the direction of liberty or does it take you in the direction of tyranny? I mean, you could literally look at every single issue in politics and vote accordingly. But some people make it more than that. You know, they they get themselves twisted up in knots and say, "Well, who's going to build the roads and how are we going to Who's going to, you know, how is the police force going to get funded? And they start asking all these questions like there's no market, like there's no free market where things get done. I mean, the vast majority of the problems that we deal with in society are handled by free market. And the key word in that is free. (laughs) The reason you don't look around and see a lot of uh, market solutions for the police is because the governments have co-opted the police. And why have they co-opted the police? Because the police helps them stay in power effectively. Um, it, It executes the laws that they pass, even the laws that are bad, right? That's why you hear cops saying, well, I'm just doing my job. Well, okay, but you need a better understanding of your job, you know? Your job is not to throw innocent people in jail or jail that are people that are protesting about something or or you know sitting at home minding their own business and you charge in with a warrant because they were protesting on a sidewalk somewhere in front of some abortion clinic or whatever the thing okay whatever your thing is that you that you've uh, encroached upon these are these are the types of these are just the things I'm thinking of off the top of my head. I see I see pictures of pastors being arrested in front of abortion clinics because they're standing there holding a sign. You know this is not if you're a cop and you're doing this, there's no excuse for you. You can't hide behind well, I'm just doing what I'm told. It, it, it we're getting close to the point where, some of these people that are doing these jobs are going to have to stand up and say, you know what, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to be a part of it. And not only that, they need to be talking to people they work with and say, look, this is this is in the service of evil now. We need to stop. We need to stop doing this. And uh, it, it, it's just not a political thing anymore. It's, it's really gotten beyond that. And... Um, I know there's so much more to say about this, really, but uh, this, the law is this way now. We've talked about that, how the law is now in service of injustice, okay? And We've talked about how, as a people, we give some of our liberty away to the government so that they can carry out justice, right? Well, now what they're doing is they're, they're abusing that power, and they're putting that power in the service of injustice, And again, why? What's driving this? Certainly, it's not constitutional. It's not even political. Most people uh, care about justice. I've I've talked about on this program about stories where, you know, the the wagon trails that were headed west, they didn't stop for anything. But the one thing they did stop for is to administer justice. So this is is a shared value that, that all of us have. And now you've got our quote-unquote elected leaders acting in the service of injustice. Well, what is that? That's not Republican. That's not Democrat. And I submit to you, it's what Tucker's talking about. It's in the service of evil. And I don't know. We're just going to have to come to grips with this and, and understand that this is where we are. This is the state of America today.
1: And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that, doesn't work. And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious, like why not? And I'm saying that to you. Not as some kind of evangelist, I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time, I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will.
0: Well, I hope you will too. And I I just think it's important to know, uh, and I just want to mention this real quickly, that uh, right after this speech, the very next day, Tucker got uh, the words, you're fired. So, you know, be careful navigating this space. um, But but you got to step up, right? You got to step up. So, look, I hope you enjoyed this talk today. Uh, I enjoyed talking about it. We just scratched, We really just scratched the surface of this topic. I mean, this is something that, you know, it's, it's going to come out more and more in what I'm talking about because it's just there. It, it, it's, it's like, the, it's like the, uh, the elephant in the room. You just you are not going to be able to avoid this anymore. People are, uh, our, our elected leaders are pressing this right up into our lives. And, um, and of course, the big question is why? And I don't know the answer to why, but maybe if we keep talking about it, we keep uh, uh, exploring it here on Who Gets to Decide, maybe we can figure it out. Anyway, come back tomorrow, and I'll be here to do it all over again on Who Gets to Decide.